well, here I was thinking I wouldn't have to talk about the football player kneeling stuff anymore, and yet here I am, I'm going to have to talk about it, specifically over something that the vice president did at one of these football games over the weekend, so we will talk about that. We do have to re-examine the Las Vegas tragedy. There, there's lots of, lots of different angles coming at this thing that need to be tackled and looked at. There's also Donald Trump DACA, the Dreamers Act, and the border wall, which I've, I've, I've refrained from talking about it. So we're going to talk about that, too. All this and a host more coming up. Get ready and tighten your seatbelts. And it is Monday, August? Wow. No. No, it's Monday, October 9th, 2017. I don't know why I said August or started off with... Maybe I was going October, and but it really, it sounded like August. I don't... Clearly, I haven't had as much coffee this morning as I should have. That is my conclusion of why that happened. I, you know what, I, I, fortunately I had a wonderful, long, uh, jam-packed weekend over the weekend, uh, the first time in a couple months that I've had an actual weekend off, like, you know, for example, I got to watch the entirety of the Eagles game yesterday, and speaking of that, if you are, I don't know, an NFC East fan, uh, a fan of the NFC teams at all, uh, I would, if I were you, I'd get listen. I, I would get used to listening to this. Oh yeah, it's happening. You're gonna listen to all 35 seconds of it. All 35 beautiful seconds of it. Yes, lovely. Four and one. Four and one. Keep talking about how my team is sloppy and like a joke. Lloyd. Not Loy. Not Loy from work, but Lloyd. All right. Lloyd. He's a buck he's a Buccaneers fan. A Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. The sloppiest team that I have seen so far in the NFL. The the Tampa Bay Bucks. Terrible. Eagles now, I mean, granted, I'm not the kind that'll sit here and tell you that my team's perfect, because it's not. Carson Wentz made some very nasty, and by nasty, not in a good way, he made some very ugly throws yesterday. Uh, some, some, Some of them were aggravating, but he also made some beautiful deep passes and made some brilliant decisions. Not bad for a second year quarterback who's playing like he's been in the league for five or six years. At all, very promising stuff. But four and one, baby. That's what the, that's 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 what matters right now. 
what's the standings at? Four and one. Suck it. So that was like that was a great day to have on your weekend. But Saturday, uh, myself, my my wife, Jay Sean, and his wife Luther, Jay Sean and Luther, duh. Uh, we went to New York City, and they came over to my house at like six twenty in the morning, which isn't that intense. Uh, they woke up at like five something. All right, so the, painting a picture here. Remember those times, 5 a.m., 6 a.m., all right? We shot down to the Amtrak. We took the train up into New York. We got to New York at, like, probably 10-ish. I don't, I don't, I didn't recall that time, what, what time we got there. We got there. We checked out Times Square, went to the Disney store, which is my wife's, like, favorite place on the uh, face of the earth. Went to Dos Caminas restaurant, which had the most amazing food ever. All right, ever. And they offered bottomless drinks, like 18 bucks, uh, an $18 upcharge, and you can get as many frozen margaritas, screwdrivers, uh, mimosas, or something else. Probably Bloody Marys, but nobody who is cool drinks Bloody Marys. At all. That's an old people drink. If you, I mean, I maybe it's not. I don't know. I, I equate Bloody Marys to old people. That comes back from working at the old people's community in my high school days. But, uh, so yeah, we got, you know, a little buzzed at 11 o'clock-ish in the morning, whatever. Uh, eating delicious uh, Mexican-style food. Like, I had French toast. That was like encrusted in a Rice Krispie treat with caramelized bananas and uh, like homemade bourbon rum, 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 homemade rum whip topping and rum like syrup stuff. It was delicious is what it was. Jay Sean had like skirt steak, uh, fancy uh, scrambled eggs and such and my wife had blueberry pancakes luther had some uh, poached egg jazz it's not my forte but everything was amazing and we had chips and guac and a lot of crap like that and then went back out toward more of uh times square because you know there's so much on times square it's nothing but billboards and shops in times square you can see where the ball is i didn't know that they kept the ball up all year round, I thought they took it down. the the New Year the New Year's uh, countdown ball. It's there. <laughs> you can be in there. You can just see it. It's just up there. So it's crazy. I would never, ever be in New York on New Year's. No, thank you. All right. It's it's fun enough trying to navigate the thousands of people that are roaming the streets there. But to be there during uh, a peak time, like the ball drop, oh my god, no. I Maybe a hotel room that's right there that can see the ball, which I imagine those prices skyrocket around that time, so I still wouldn't do it. Yeah, I, I, I would not. So then we went to Madame Tussauds Wax Museum, which it has been so long since I went to a wax museum. I remember going, I believe it was Madame Tussauds that was up in Niagara Falls. 
I can't remember if it was on the American side or the Canadian side. Probably the Canadian side because that's where everybody everybody talks about the Canadian. You know, oh, the Canadians are so much better than us. They have so much better health care. They're cleaner. They got uh, Justin Trudeau and uh, the Canadian side of Niagara Falls is cleaner than the American side and it's also more interesting and cool. Whatever. I don't... I'm not... I'm not getting into that. But I remember going there as a kid. The handful of times we went to Niagara Falls. Because I know we went more than once. I'll have to touch base with my mother on that one. But I know that... uh, I know that I've been there before. It was interesting going in New York. They had... Oh, in the middle of it, they have this... uh, they have this whole section of the wax museum that is Ghostbusters, and they do the cool 3D effect, you know, hologram effect stuff. They had a cool uh, 4D virtual reality video game of Ghostbusters. Now, mind you, I don't, I didn't watch Ghostbusters, the new one with all the chicks, the the female reboot of Ghostbusters. Didn't watch it. Didn't care for the concept of it. And according to the reviews, anyway, it was an awful, terrible movie. But that, uh, we're not diving into reviewing that stuff. The The video game, though, they, they put this big, heavy vest on you, and you put on this virtual, you know, reality headset, and they give you a, almost like a laser tag gun, and you can have four people go at once. So there was four of us, so it was perfect. And you go in and you play this this video game for, I don't know, it was probably only like a 10-minute span, maybe. Uh, maybe it was 15. But, it, I mean, it was fairly short. But the fact, it, the fact of the matter is, you put the headset on and you see everybody that you're with as a virtual character in there. Total immersive virtual reality type of thing. Wave of the future. Crazy to play. Was freaking awesome. <laughs> it was awesome and it was funny uh, to play in the middle of your wax museum experience. Nothing to do with a wax museum, but very cool. And then uh, from there, there's also like a 4D Marvel Avengers mini-movie where you go sit in the theater and they have, you know, water splashing on you and uh, bubbles filling the arena, that t- that type of thing, which is cool. Uh, gimmicky. All the 3D movie stuff is very gimmicky. But in that setting, it makes sense. You know, it doesn't make sense for me to go see, like, the upcoming Star Wars film, which, by the way, a trailer drops today. It doesn't make sense for me to go see a Star Wars film in 3D in the theaters because that's just a gimmick money grab. And I don't I don't go for it. I'll go see it in IMAX because IMAX is cool. I'll go see it in IMAX. I'll go see it in Cinemark XD or whatever. But I will not go see a movie in 3D just because they have it in 3D. It's... It's useless to me. It is so dumb. Finished up the museum, though. Like, I got to, you know, hang around wax figures of uh, Patrick Stewart. Wax figures of Robin Williams and uh, other classic people. uh, Like, whole section. Will Smith. uh, Don King. uh, 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 Martin Luther King Jr., and oh yeah, and the Hall of Presidents so shocking. I walked through the Hall of Presidents that they had. I mean, they they don't have them all, but they have like Reagan, uh, Clinton, uh, Barack and Barack Obama and Michelle Obama, uh, who JFK and Jackie, 
And then they had the you know the presidential desk, the resolute desk, and Donald Trump, <laughs> Do- Donald freaking Trump, whose personality is as great as his wax figure. It was just weird walking through there and not seeing an effigy of Donald Trump destroyed. It was really, really weird. Really weird. So from there, we went to uh, Battery Park, saw the Statue of Liberty from afar. Uh, lots of cool statues in Battery Park, too. Lots of different dedications. They'll probably all be torn down within a matter of time because, God forbid, we build statues and talk about history at all. Uh, so uh, our view was let's go see these statues since they're there. Let's just go see what they are before somebody decides to throw paint on them and want to tear them down. So very interesting statues and and, and stuff scattered around Battery Park. Uh, hat, caught a good dinner, rode the subway. Uh, we went to this Blaze Jack-O-Lantern Fest, which I kept calling it Jack-O-Pumpkin because, you know, it's a Jack-O-Pumpkin. And the fest is thousands, thousands of hand-carved pumpkins lit up. It, think think of uh, going to a bo- botanical gardens if they have a nightscape type of thing or a light show. That's what this was. These were all individually hand-carved pumpkins that were, you know, sprayed. I I don't know how you preserve the pumpkins themselves. But they were all hand-carved, elegantly designed. And they have lights going off. They have music playing. And it's this cool experience. A lot of people walking through. Uh, This was, obviously, this was uh, outside of New York City. We had to take uh, a train all the way over to, I forget the city that we took it into, but it was also my first time riding in cabs or taxis, at least the first time in a long time, and my first time checking out this Uber stuff, getting catch, catching lifts from Uber guys. That was a double joke there because there's a thing called Lyft, <laughs> catching lifts from Uber drivers, and I didn't die. Like I always thought, like uh, who would do an Uber? Who would call a random person up and say, "Hey, can you give me a ride?" I'll pay you a couple bucks. Like, seems like a setup for death. But we didn't die. We went all throughout the city and didn't die. Also went to the 9-11 Memorial. Didn't go through the museum. Uh, We could have. We felt a little time tight. So we didn't go through the museum, but we went to the reflecting pools. And that was something that kind of tugged at my heartstrings a little bit. Um, I can't... uh, you go through the hustle and bustle in New York and everybody moving around, and it's such a touristy sight and all that. And you you go down to lower Manhattan there where uh, where One World Trade Center is, which is huge. It's so tall. You look up, and it, it sticks out above everything, and, and the way that it's designed, it's so reflective. You see it, it catches your eye. You go to the reflecting pools, though, and it... it it was insane because we were standing there having this great time in New York and part of my mind just went when we were standing at the reflecting pools and I'm reading random names on the boards of the reflecting pools. I'm reading random names and it just it kind of struck me. I was like, I'm standing somewhere where you know, nearly 3,000 people died in a tragic event. And it's hard, it's hard because how many years removed from that event are we? But I was standing there looking at the hundreds of thousands of people that were there checking it out. Thinking to myself, 
everybody that's standing around here, you know, it, it represents pretty much everybody that were in these buildings this day. And looking at the reflecting pool, the imprint, the the hole left there. It just hits you. Um, it, it, this happens when I go to places where great tragedy occurred. Like, if I ever go to Gettysburg, I'm. It, it's like I'm there and I'm being touristy, but at the same time I'm also realizing how many people lost their lives where where you're touring. Like, you go to the reflecting pools, and it's not like you're being a tourist anymore, almost. It, it literally almost is like you're at a mass grave. As sad as it seems or it is to say that, that's what it is. And uh, furthermore, there's a sign posted up there. We saw, we saw certain names with roses in them. And I, it, like, I thought, you know what, there's probably people's families that just come here because this is... This is all they have. They didn't have anybody to bury. And this is kind of like the final resting place of a lot of these people. And but apparently they stick roses in the names on the on the boards when it's their birthday. They put a rose on those names. Which I think is a, you know, very touching tribute to it, but it it's very you go there and it's very harrowing. Um to think that it can be a bright, sunny, beautiful day, and, and there you are, right there where, where tragedy struck. It's very, and you still have thousands and thousands of people around you, being touristy, New York-y people. But it was interesting to go there. Eventually, I will go back so I can go through the museum and see what the museum's all about. Um there is also an observatory in One World Trade Center. I guess, you know, same thing with the Empire State Building. You can go up and, you know, see how high up you can go in New York and all that. I, that doesn't interest me, though. It really doesn't. I think that because One World Trade Center is a business complex, just like the Empire State Building is a, built, is a business complex. You know, it's weird to be a tourist there, but then there's just people randomly working there. Like, oh, look at the tourist going up at the top of the building to... <laughs> To look at the city from just really high up. It, it seems kind of stupid at the end of the day, if you ask me. So all in all, a great weekend, a great break from prison. I'm going back this evening, though. That's how these things work. Enjoy, enjoy your little taste of life and then get ready to go back and do business. It's, it's crazy. But very thankful for this weekend. Very thankful for my wife, and for our good friends Jay Sean and Luther, as always. Um, it'll be great. Sometime in the summer, July, next year, we're, uh, we're doing a beach week, which will be fantastic. But fortunately, I have a two-week vacation coming up in November where me and my wife will visit her grandparents, so we'll be trekking across the nation again. Uh, but New York, loved it. Loved taking the train up there because if if I had to drive in New York, I swear to God, everybody would die. Everybody, if I am driving the streets of New York, when I took Jay Sean and our buds on his bachelor party to Philly, okay, to Philly, I turned down a one-way street the wrong way. 
that's how much you don't want me driving in the city. All right, and that's Philadelphia. New York, we'd be dead. Everybody would be dead, all dead. Hor- horrible, horrific crashes. I don't even know how the Uber drivers or the taxi drivers do it. I don't envy them, and I gladly pay them whatever the fare was, plus tip, because, God, I could not do it. So, like I said, I got to catch the Eagles game yesterday in, in its entirety, and I even got to watch some bits and pieces of other football games, which is it's insane for me to be able to do that. Part of what makes me not like my job so much, and maybe that's petty of me, or maybe that's just me being a normal human being. I have no idea. Uh, I'm far from normal anyway, <laughs> just for an example. So, However, Mike Pence went to uh, Indianapolis Colts game that was honoring Peyton Manning. And, uh, of course, as is customary in the NFL right now, various players are participating in the kneel during the anthem protest, which gets everybody's panties in a bunch. That's the only way I can say it. It's kneeling during the national anthem. It is disrespectful. It does irk me because I love my country. I know it's not perfect. I take it with its imperfections, all right? The flag represents a whole lot to me that people don't understand. And then here's the, here's the other thing, too. The football players kneeling during the national anthem while the flag is out and present, they say, it's not a protest against the flag, against the national anthem, or against the military. It's, a, it's against uh, inequality um, from police brutality and all that. And I'm starting to believe the Ben Shapiro route. Ben Shapiro has, has been outspoken on this issue a lot lately. To the degree that Colin Kaepernick's little protest that started it off, kneeling during the national anthem to raise awareness against police brutality, makes no sense. It really, it does, it doesn't make any sense. That's where I'm at with it now. You can do it. You have the right to do it, and and whatever. I think it's dumb. I'm going to say I think it's dumb. That doesn't take away your right from doing it. That doesn't take away from the fact that I will be annoyed from you doing it because it doesn't make any sense. Because if you're saying you're taking a knee during the national anthem and it's not against the military and it's not against the flag and it's not against American values, but it is against inequality because of specifically police brutalities, which like Michael Bennett came out and talked about how he was discriminated against. Then they released the dash cam footage, which shows that Michael Bennett was just trying to be like, I'm a football player. You can't pull me over. Do, do you know who I am? doesn't matter who you are. doesn't matter if you're a football player. If Joe Schmo can get pulled over for speeding or some kind of violation, so can you. And in fact, that is the very entitlement that you're saying you're trying to fight against. But if you're taking a knee during the national anthem for this police brutality stuff, it does it literally does not make sense because there is no nationalized police force. There is no national and you know, and I mean that's beside from the FBI and the CIA, those are kind of above police status. So it doesn't make any sense. It may it like Ben Shapiro said, if you're going against police brutality, why are you not at the local police headquarters of wherever said event happened and doing a protest outside of there, protesting the state's flag or anything like that? Because that boils down to individual or local community type of things. 
I get bringing it to national attention, but now the whole take a knee thing is literally, now it's a pissing contest. That's what this thing has become because you have celebrities talking about it. You have the NFL as a whole talking about it. You have Donald Trump calling people who take a knee sons of bitches, which gets other people riled up. It gets people riled up to take a knee anyway because they hate Donald Trump. So now people are doing it to piss off Donald Trump and the Trumpies. Who said who said you could be on the podcast? That's my cat in the background. But that's where we stand. And then we have these little stunts happening. These little stunts where I talked to or I told you in the beginning intro about Vice President Mike Pence. So Mike Pence attends a, a game in Indiana Colt, of the Indianapolis Colts that was uh, honoring Peyton Manning. Um, and the NFL Players Association released a statement in support of players' constitutional rights to peacefully raise awareness after Mike Pence walked out of the game. Uh, the statement read, Our men and their families are also conscientious of Americans who continue to be forces for good through the communities, and some have decided to use their platform to peacefully raise awareness to issues that deserve attention. It's a source of enormous pride that some of the best conversations about these issues have taken place in our locker rooms in a respectful, civil, and thoughtful way that should serve as a model for how all of us can communicate with each other. We should not stifle these discussions and cannot allow our rights to become sub subservient to the very opinions our Constitution protects. Uh, that is what makes us the land of the free and the home of the brave. Pence briefly attended and stated that he walked out because he will not dignify any event that disrespects our soldiers, our flag, or our national anthem. Trump also tweeted that he asked Pence to leave the game if he saw any players kneel during the anthem. He's being criticized for the move as a he's being criticized for the move and many are now saying it was a political stunt. However, you could say the whole wave of protesting itself is a political stunt itself because it is. It's a self-admitted political stunt that they're trying to raise awareness for an issue that makes no sense to do during that thing. Because if you're not protesting, again, if you're not protesting the national anthem itself, the flag itself, or anything of that nature, it just does it doesn't make sense in my mind anymore. Uh, again, you still have the right to do it. I get what you're trying to do. I don't think you've picked the best mode to do it. Anyway, um, 49ers safety, who they were taking on the 49ers, by the way, so... 49ers safety Eric Reed blasted Pence, calling him walking out a PR stunt. Quote, this is what systemic oppression looks like. A man with power comes to the game, tweets a couple things out, and leaves the game with an attempt to thwart our efforts. If he specifically did it for that, yeah. And saying that he wasn't expecting players to take a knee when that's the thing to do would be idiotic. So I'm starting to believe that, yes, it was a little political-motivated move to add a little more fuel to the fire uh, because that's what happens in America. See, we divide each other as much as my last article on fritzcast.wordpress.com alleges that Russia tries to divide us. It's very simple. You take somebody's constitutional right to protest at a football game during the national anthem by taking a knee, 
something that's well within their rights to do. People can judge people for doing that. And how do you fuel the divide? How do you further separate the groups? Well, the kneelers are now, you know, the crusaders. They're the people with the righteous cause and the people that say that they're all assholes and are disrespecting the flag and the military and America itself are the other group who think that they're righteous, that they're the crusaders, that they're the ones who actually care about America. And now you have two groups clashing, and it's amazing how this will stay in the news forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. It's going to stay in the news forever. It's not going away, which is why I didn't join any NFL boycotts because, number one, if you're kneeling during the anthem, you're not hurting me. Um, I don't agree with you doing it. Like I said, I see it as a disrespect to servicemen and women and to the flag and to America itself. And you trying to argue that it's not is an opinion. That is where this boils down to. This boils down to differences of opinion. So, and by the way, people are probably sitting here like, well, aren't you... You're a corrections person, aren't you? One of them thin blue liners. Don't you have thin blue line everything? Isn't that a flag code violation? I don't have a thin blue line flag. I don't. And the code viol- the code thing for the flag is based off the military code for the flag as well. So it's not like law. Okay. So where the conversation goes from here, who knows? Because we have... As always, what it always boils back down to, a pissing contest. That's all that it has become. It is a giant pissing contest. And hopefully, like I said last week and the week before and the week before, hopefully I'm done talking about it. If you want to not watch the NFL, don't watch the NFL. Don't judge somebody for watching the NFL still. And don't judge somebody for not watching the NFL. It is what it is. I I I don't I don't care. This isn't it's not uniting anybody. It's it's only dividing people now. It whatever whatever the intentions of the Neil protest was, now it has lost its meaning because it is not doing anything productive anymore. But that's just, again, my opinion. Something else sparking a lot of debate around the United States is uh, the Las Vegas shooting and gun control, gun rights, the Second Amendment, you know, everything that comes under scrutiny from a, a massive uh, attack. One, one surprising quote I found is from um, Senator Dianne Feinstein. You won't hear me quoting somebody like Diana Feinstein a lot, but she said in an interview on Sunday with CBS's with CBS News's Face the Nation uh, who was doing the interview? John Dickerson was interviewing her and he asked, quote, could there have been a law passed that would have stopped him? End quote. Now, before I dive into the rest, these are stupid questions to ask. I think the stupidest thing you can ask is, is there some type of legislation or law that could be passed that would have stopped or prevented somebody from doing something? 
that is to me anyway. Th- th- this is my angle of of a question like that. That question is: Is there something that the government could have controlled more in somebody's life to have prevented them from doing something bad? And as noble as that may sound, you're talking about the government and truly government control and how much control they should have. And that should always be something that scares people. But I I digress. Dianne Feinstein's answer surprised me because she said, quote, no, he passed background checks registering for handguns and other weapons on multiple occasions. Uh, we have Republican interest in a bill. This is in reference to a bill about banning bump stocks or regulating them even heavier. Um, quote, we have Republican interest. I have nobody lined up we have 38 co-sponsors. They're all Democratic. We've had individuals that have indicated an interest, and particularly for a hearing. Uh, you have the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives, the ATF, a department that makes no freaking sense because how can you combine alcohol, tobacco, firearms, and explosives all in one department? Unless that's just like, for instance... That sounds like a fun Saturday night. Alcohol, tobacco, firearms, and explosives. But, beside the point, I'm I'm not trying to make light of a tragedy here or anything. Uh, In 2010, found that bump stock devices were a part rather than a firearm, concluding they were not subject to regulation like a weapon. Um, Some people cite that as, well, bump stocks help increase firing rates for big guns, and the only reason that you would want to increase fire rates on big guns is if you were a mass murderer. Which, I mean, doesn't make too much sense how many bump stocks are out there that people have that don't end up in mass shooting sprees. I don't know. I'm inclined to say not a lot, though, because it doesn't come to the forefront in a lot of uh, mass shooting stuff. Anyway. We got a lot going on with this. And, And here's the thing, too. Uh, the shooter, Stephen Paddock, is just a peculiar individual. They've found... Uh, right now, the speculation is that he had an undiagnosed mental illness. Which could very well be... I don't know too many mentally sane people who are perfectly okay with going up to the 32nd floor of a hotel room for about a week, breaking out the window, and then just going ham on 20,000 people. That doesn't sound like sane. That doesn't sound like something that a sane person would do unless the sane person was just a really big hateful dick. They've interviewed his brother a couple times too, which he doesn't seem all there either. Maybe that's because his brother just committed one of the biggest national tragedies. But he doesn't seem like a guy that's altogether there. Very odd and bizarre interviews with the news. Uh, the news also interviewed Las Vegas hotel and resort owner Steve Wynn, who had this to say of the of the situation. Quote, the scenario we're aware of 
would have indicated that he didn't let anyone in the room for two or three days. That would have triggered a whole bunch of alarms here. And we would have, on behalf of the guests, of course, investigated for safety, and it would have been provocative situation. It would have been a provocative situation. I'm sure that the same is true in other hotels, but in this hotel, a 36-hour or a 24-hour or 36-hour do not disturb on a room is a predicate for investigation, he added. He also stated that, quote, we've had to recruit and expand security by tens of millions of dollars to cover every entrance to retain to retrain the entire workforce from housekeeping and room service, and people are in the tower and observing people, he said. We had to cover every exit and every aspect of the building to see if we could identify and preempt any kind of terroristic violent action. It is never perfect, of course, but you do what you can. To use local vernacular, you can change the odds, I guess. When continued. Now, that's something that doesn't make sense to me. Um, everybody talks about, you know, what else could the hotel have done? And, you know, here's an aspect, too. How does a guy sneak that many rifles into his room? Because I believe last week I told you the count was 10. I believe it was 18. 18 rifles and thousands of rounds of of ammunition. Some people are like, well, how was that not caught? And I'm sitting here like, well, it's Vegas. It's Vegas. How many entertainers go into a hotel room with bags and bags of luggage? So that much... I can understand not being caught moving that much. I can understand that because hotels don't scan through your bags or anything like that either. Okay, I mean, you're talking about James Holmes, what, kicked in a movie theater door and shot the place up with a rifle. And I go to movie theaters every day and they don't check people's purses and handbags. They don't pat people down because you just, you don't. This is America. We freely move in and out of buildings. Nobody pat- nobody gets patted down at the restaurant. Nobody in New York. I wasn't stopped or patted down once in New York. Going into any museum, going into any place, being around the 9-11 memorial, like I maybe going into the museum, maybe I guess there would have been tighter security. I don't know because I didn't go into to the 9-11 memorial museum. But even people going into the One World Trade Center Observatory didn't seem like they were going, at least on the outside. Maybe inside was a different story. And I know going to Ellis Island and going to Liberty Island, you go through airport-like security. I don't know. This guy saying the hotel room, the Do Not Disturb sign being on the door for more than 24, 48, or whatever hours, when I'm... He says that's red flags in Vegas. For me, if I'm in a hotel and I'm in there for a couple of days... I put up the do not disturb sign because if I'm still in there and I don't want you coming through because I leave stuff in there, I don't want you coming in. I don't want the room service. I don't want them setting my bed because I'm going to be here for another two days and I don't need the sheets changed or anything like that. So that doesn't strike me as so odd. And you see how this debate goes. You have this Vegas special saying, this Vegas special guy saying, like, oh, there should have been red flags everywhere. The only red flag that I can understand is how the guy install cameras. How the guy install cameras, not only in his room, because there was a camera in his room, and it's allegedly on film, him carrying out the event, but cameras in the hallway and barricading the hallway and not his room door. This whole thing is odd. 
to the degree that I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I really don't take credence in a lot of different conspiracy theories, but I'm starting to believe he didn't act alone, number one. And number two, there is some very odd things surrounding the whole situation. So perhaps we'll get more details, perhaps we won't. Donald Trump and DACA, on the other hand, is another thing that's at the forefront of discussion right now because it appears he's uh, willing to, you know, bargain. He has some demands for the Dreamer proposal, rather. I'm reading from The Hill now, uh, article from Olivia Beavers, stating... Quote, the Trump administration's new immigration principles and policies call for a crackdown on border security, more resources to catch individuals residing in the country illegally, as well as a merit-based system that limits chain migration to spouses and children. The new demands would have to be met for President Trump to agree to legislation that would protect from de deportation young immigrants who entered the country illegally as children. These recipients... These recipients of the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals DACA program, often called Dreamers to... Breaking from the article here. Often called Dreamers to politicize it and appeal to people's emotions. Continuing on the article now. Have been the focal point of recent talks between Trump and Democratic leaders of Congress. Quote, These findings outline reforms that must be included as part of any legislation addressing the status of, the, of DACA recipients, Trump said in a statement following the announcement of the proposal on Sunday. Quote, Without these reforms, illegal immigration and chain migration, which severely and unfairly burden American workers and taxpayers, will continue without end. End quote. Trump announced the widening down of DACA programs last month, but has expressed interest in a legislative fix because DACA, of course, was not legislation. It was an executive order, which we all know how I feel about any executive order, whether from Trump, Barack Obama, George W. Bush, Bill Clinton, uh, or pretty much nearly every other president of the United States, period, the end. Uh, the tough demands on enforcement may make it harder for the two sides to reach a deal, however, as Democrats were quick to criticize the White House announcement on Sunday. The White House said in order to properly protect the nation's borders, Congress must approve of the construction of a border wall to deter human trafficking, drug trafficking, and other cartels. Quote, success of border walls are undeniable from the perspective of their operators, U.S. Customs and Border Protection Acting Deputy Commissioner Ronald Vitiello said on Sunday, odd last name for a border protection person. But obviously the U.S. Customs and Border Protecting Acting Deputy Commissioner needs to justify the need for the U.S. Customs and Border Protection Agency. It took me a minute to get all the words in there, I'm sorry. Oh, man. Quote the article, quoting further. The plan also takes a hardline stance against unaccompanied minors who enter the country, advocating for the removal of the legal limitations or what it calls loopholes currently in place that prevent unaccompanied alien children, UACs, from being deported from the United States. Saying, quote, these loopholes, these loopholes in current law create a dramatic pull factor for additional illegal immigration 
And in the recent years, there has been significant increase in the apprehensions of UACs at our southern border. Therefore, the administration proposes amending current law to ensure the expeditious return of UACs and family units, a press release stated. This is yet another big... There's a lot of big fights going on right now amongst the nation, and one of them is the whole border wall thing now. I was libertarian, Gary Johnson-ish, like... When it comes to immigration, I think, A, it should be easy for somebody to get here if they want to get here and be a productive working member of society, working tax-paying member of society. Yes, I'm all for tax reform, another big thing going on right now, another big pissing contest because some people say, if my tax dollars are being spent well, I don't care. There's other people like me who says the government should not get privy to my income because it is taking from my earnings. Which aren't enough, by the way. Tax reform's going on. DACA's going on. Border wall's going on. Border wall. Border wall is stupid to me. All right? Border wall. Building a giant wall across the border, kind of dumb. Doesn't work. Um, For everybody who's saying otherwise... Are you for, uh, like, I do like the Gary Johnson, the libertarian response of, are you for funding and building the wall across the Canadian front as well? Because when you say building a wall across the Canadian front, people usually laugh and go, why are we going to build a wall in Can- uh, uh, blocking out Canada for? Why, why waste the time building a Canadian border wall? Well, because we're wasting the time building a Mexican border wall. Now, we make immigration easier. We make becoming a citizen of the United States a little bit easier. But with regulation. Don't freely just accept everybody. And then th- this, has been, this, this has been mismanaged for so many years. And so many things. And we're trying to find unique solutions to a big, unique problem. Uh, we don't want people here illegally. We don't want people here working and not paying taxes if everybody else is getting taxed. We don't want exemptions and exceptions to taxes unless we're going to blow up the whole tax code, which does need to be blown up. It is so many pages and words long. There are so many loopholes. There's so much BS going on. And little man American can't do crap about it. All right? And it's sad because a lot of the tax dollars where we're talking about these go to programs that help you out. Actually, no. Actually, there's a lot of people who pay taxes who... It helps nobody. You know, it, paying taxes helps fund the military uh, the carpet bomb uh, via drone random cities in Syria that end up being hospitals and a bunch of innocent people dead and doesn't help build up American uh, uh, international image, if you know what I mean. That's part of the tax argument right there. Or Mike Pence taking a trip to go see Peyton Manning and walk out of a football game. That's all tax that's all taxpayer money getting pissed away as well. But border walls to me, like building a wall is a very stupid idea. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Building a wall does nothing real real realistically helpful because now you have to worry about the paying and upkeeping of a wall. Which I've seen bigger ladders, and I've seen the ability to dig deeper underneath 
There's a whole tunnel system right now that's utilized at the border that smashes to pieces any wall argument you could come up with. It's just a useless, wasted endeavor. Look at the real problem. Look at the laws of immigration on the books. And it's as simple as that. People who want to come and work and be productive members of society, make it easier for them. People who hold horrible criminal records, who are nefarious folk, crack down on them. That's the simple solution. But see, that's how nuts the world is right now. And that's how, this is just, this is just the tip of the iceberg. Because I haven't even talked about North Korea today. Because the tensions between us, the world, and North Korea continue to rise. Unresolved. And it is insanity. (laughs) It's insanity. So, whew. It has been 48 minutes, 49 by the time I'm done talking, and probably into the 50s by the time the music plays out. So, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening and getting my thoughts on the insanity of uh, this past week and the current state of American politics. Keep your eyes peeled. I know I didn't post a FritzCast WordPress article this past week, but I intend to post one this week. So remember, we're uh, on Facebook at facebook.com slash thefritzcast. I'm on Twitter at FritzQS. We have fritzcast.wordpress.com for the blog and all your other needs. Like this, comment, share it. Let's talk on the internet. Share this with just one friend. Just one friend this week for me. Love you, miss you, and I'll see you all next week. <laughs>